The Adam Crowley Show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. And the iHeartRadio app. The final day of March Mania. We're live at Sensi's in Wexford. Tonight, Michigan, Nova. I think we all know how that's going to go. Nova going to bitch slap them. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of Dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. March Mania brought to us by Bud Light. I've already had a couple. Brian will be driving home. Penguins lost to the Capitals yesterday. Ooh. It's spring, but it's not really spring. If it were, the Penguins would have beat the Capitals yesterday. You see, that's what happens in the playoffs. Regular season doesn't matter. The Capitals, they're hanging another banner, as they do every freaking year. President's Trophy this year. Division Championship that year. Second round of the playoffs every year. And they don't get beyond that point. There's been some bad luck. There have been some bad coaches. There have been times when they overlap. I think Barry Trotz is a good coach. I think they've got a lot of talent. But until they beat the Penguins in a seven-game series, I'm not going to pick them to beat the Penguins in a seven-game series. I saw a host on that station across the street pose the question, what round will the Capitals lose in this year? First round, second round, third round, or Stanley Cup final? My question is, what round are the Capitals playing the Penguins? Because that's the round they're going to lose in. Typically, it's either the Rangers or Pittsburgh. They're not going to play the Rangers this year, so it will be Pittsburgh. It just depends on when. We were at opening day today, not the game, but messing around with all the drunks beforehand. It was a blast. Crowley Show, ESPN Pittsburgh. We're live on the street now outside the home opener. I am hammered drunk. Uh, what do you think about Johnson's chances this year? Johnson? You be all right? Yeah. You're getting drunk. Getting drunk. Getting drunk. That's the plan for today. How about ownership? Ownership. Yeah! So you are Elroy Face's daughter-in-law. Yes, I am. Yeah! Uh, what do you think about Johnson's chances this year? Johnson? You be all right? Yeah. Are you a believer in the over 73? I like the over 73 and a half. How much money did you put on that? Uh, uh, a little bit of money. Yeah? Money. Be yeah. honest. Come on. Uh, $1,000. Yes! Johnson looks really good. Yeah. I think he looks great. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, uh, the new catcher? Haven't really seen much of him yet, but... Robinson Ramirez looking good? Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, dude? Doug. Doug. How many opening days you been to, you think? Uh, How long do you think it'll take you before you are an Ebreed? Probably about, about an hour, hour and a half. Bucko Louie, uh, have you ever been confused for Brett Kiesel? Yeah. Yeah! 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 Can you take Jack Sparrow in a fight? Oh, I. Yeah! Can I have a Bud Light? Absolutely. You want one? I would love one. You smoking a uh, doobie there? I got a, I got myself a Cuban. Oh. Cohiba Cuban. Yes, that's right. Pirates got a couple of Cubans on the roster this year. Come on now. Yeah! You said McCutcheon's gone, Cole's gone, and yet you're excited. That's a positive spin on things. I never liked touch. Opening day. It's a Pittsburgh tradition. Uh-huh. I think. Rain, shine, snow, whatever. 
So we did a lot of that. <laughs> Talked to a bunch of people on the North Shore today. Man on the street just prior to the first pitch between the Buckos and the Twinkies. And we will get all that audio to you throughout the day because it is spectacular. Yingers were out in full force today. We almost got arrested. There were so many people smoking the ganja. In fact, Tom said that they were loud about it. Uh, they weren't trying to hide it. We talked to a guy who had a skullet, which means he was bald up top, was rocking a ponytail on the backside, and that dude smelled like the 60s. Oh, he was awful. I mean, my God, I almost fell over standing near him. Dude, I'm high still. <laughs> I haven't smoked since college. That's a lie, but I got contact high. The North Shore was a party today, but... Not quite as much as it has been on previous opening days. And if you watch on TV, you see a lot of empty seats. If you're there and you left because you're just certain that they're going to blow the lead, you know there are a lot of empty seats. There was some jabroni handing out paper bags that said hashtag something about Bob Nutting on the front. And yet he was going to go to the baseball game. We'll get to that later. But it just didn't feel like your typical opening day the pirates are three and zero, and usually that means that the town is wrought with optimism uh, this year not so much this year not even a sellout this year everyone's cursing bob nutting every word out of their mouth it just felt odd and it's not to say that pnc park isn't typically empty it's not to say that typically bob nutting isn't cursed but on opening day usually you put that all aside to watch baseball. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Penguins did concern me a little bit last night because they got off their game. And that sounds like something Dan Bilesma used to say, but I think Mike Sullivan needs to be concerned. Bilesma always used to say, play our game, we'll grind these bitches down. And he didn't have a plan B. It was stretch pass, dump and chase hockey. That's the way the Penguins played, and they were just going to play their game until you folded under the pressure of their skill. Well, yesterday, that wasn't so much the problem, although trying to tic-tac their way through the neutral zone wasn't working. The problem was that they lost their composure. It looked a lot like a Dan Bilesma coach team. Evgeny Malkin was trying to kill TJ Oshie at the end of the game. Uh, Then you had... Kuznetsov on the bench saying awful things in Russian that we wouldn't be able to say on the radio in English, and Malkin just lost his mind. They couldn't get him down the runway. He was trying to fight the entire Capitals team, and that's not what you want to see. Malkin said following the game that he was trying to send a message. That's not the way the Penguins have been sending messages under Mike Sullivan. Under Sully, they send messages by playing hockey. Mike Sullivan's message to the team is always just play. Forget the referees. Forget bad calls. Forget replay reviews. Forget what the other teams are getting away with. Forget all that nonsense. Go out there and control what you can control. Go play the best brand of hockey that you can, and the rest is going to fall in line. They did not do that yesterday. Sidney Crosby is getting into it with Kuznetsov after Evgeny Malkin got sent down the runway yesterday. Uh, It was chippy, and the Penguins allowed it to get to them. I don't know if this is something that's going to happen in the playoffs. Track record says it's not because Mike Sullivan's got them under control, but it is something he needs to keep an eye on. 
before Mike Sullivan got to Pittsburgh, the Penguins were famous for not keeping their composure. They were famous for collapsing. They were famous for losing their cool. Go back to 2012 against the Philadelphia Flyers. The Penguins were better than every team in hockey that year. They were way better than the Philadelphia Flyers, but Philly got under their skin. Sidney Crosby had a guy in his face all the time. They were rattled playing Philadelphia. The next year against Boston, they got rattled in the first round series. They got rattled against Boston. Zdeno Chara trying to fight Crosby. Crosby trying to fight Chara. Spoiler alert, Sid, that's not going to work out great for you. And the Penguins just weren't focused on the details of playing hockey and more so got swept up in the emotion of the game. Enter Mike Sullivan, not anymore. Enter Mike Sullivan, Penguins 8-0 in playoff series and played their best hockey when series and games were on the line. Go back to game six against Washington two years ago. The Penguins are flipping pucks over the glass. That's unlucky. That's not a pressure thing. Sometimes it just happens. A puck flips up on edge and you launch it into the stands. It sucks. It happened to them three times. Penguins had to kill a five on three and a five on four. And while Washington was able to score goals to tie the game, the Penguins were able to win that game in OT because their focus was take care of what we can control. How many times do you see Mike Sullivan on the bench when players are mother-bleeping the referees, he's telling them to shut up, pulling them back, sitting them down, focusing them on the hockey game? That's what he brings to the table. And I'm just hoping that the Penguins don't revert back to what we saw them under Dan Bilesma, under Mike Johnson, under... Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm gonna give it out. You're right. Just in case anybody's catching on right now, you're under strict order to not give the phone number out as much. Um, so it's good on you to kind of like pay attention to that. Yeah, but glad you can you're give consciously it out. thinking about Since it. Since you're asking for permission, you may give it out. <sighs> you know what, guys? That's that's big of you. Yeah, I was hey. really worried to approach you guys with it. Yeah, and now I'm gonna throw it out there. We're not scary, guys. I mean, if you come to us in a nice way and ask you, we'll allow you to do it. Can I actually uh, get you started? Yeah, dude. All right, yeah. Uh, 412. 922-2874. There you there go. There it buddy. is. And Good you know job. what the people can also do? What's that? They can tweet me. Oh, no. Where? At underscore Adam Crowley. Yeah. How about that? <laughs>
And I don't think they did a good enough job of that yesterday. Obviously, the Penguins were 0 for 5 on the power play. That's something that a lot of people have harped on. Evgeny Malkin hit a crossbar. The net was wide open. Sidney Crosby got robbed by Philip Grubauer. They've had their issues. They've had their problems of late on the power play. But that wasn't the problem yesterday. The power play, yeah, while 0 for 5, they played well. They created a lot of scoring chances. Mike Sullivan said after the game it's the best the power plays looked in a month. And I'll agree with him. The 5-on-3 was exquisite. Grubauer just played well. You didn't get the bounces. That's hockey. That's frustrating. But the Penguins can't allow that frustration to boil over. And at the end of the game, that's exactly what they did. While we were here on Saturday, Tom Offerman, our intrepid producer, he's now on site. Kellen running the board back in the studio. He was doing his Harry Carey. He was doing his baseball update. We do them all the time. We are a sports show that doesn't like to just regurgitate statistics. We're a sports show that doesn't like to just give you the box score. So we make it fun. We let Tom do his tremendous Harry Carey impression. And, well, here's what happened on Saturday. Thanks, Adam. Let's start in Ohio and Cincinnati. Nationals taking all the Reds. 13-7 lead for the Nats. That's in the bottom ninth. Hopefully they can close it out. Let's move on to the Lone Star State now where Houston's opened up a 4-1 to lead in the top of the fourth on the Rangers. They'll try to hold that on. Lance McCullers pitching a jam for the Astros so far. And finally, we'll go to Oakland where the Angels got a couple ducks on the pond against the A's here in the fourth. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. I lost it there. I lost it there. Was that backwards? Like they look calm on the screen. That's awful, man. That's like punting on second down. Not only did he do it in in that backwards ass fashion, but he also like threw out this sound that was like I don't know what it was. Like it was, it was literally the sound of choking on the air. I think is yes, what it was. You choked figuratively and literally. <laughs> Let's hear that, Kellen. Give it to us a couple times. It's like a Friday night in college. <laughs> oh no! Not for me. For Tom. <laughs> yeah. Coming up next, we break it down in more detail and. <laughs> I have a feud going on with a Pittsburgh media member, and I'm winning. It's the Crowley Show. Just because he graduated WVU doesn't mean he's educated, but he does know sports. It's Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. (laughs) I have not listened to that and failed to laugh once. And I've probably played it a hundred times, whether it was to my wife, to my sister-in-law, to my sister, to my parents. We played it at Easter. It is... Hysterical, because yes, we did. Yes, we did. And Tom, I love you, pal. But that's about as bad as you can get. 
And not only was it just terribly delivered and awful execution, but it's the way that you gave up. I do a lot of dumb, not funny things on this radio show, but you try to fight your way through. You try to make people laugh. You try to survive. Like, oh, I tried to survive, trust me. You did not! I tried. Trevor Williams the other day, he walked six people through a no-hitter through six. That's gutting it out. I didn't, feel like <laughs> didn't have his best stuff. He didn't go. <laughs> didn't have his control. <laughs> Tom goes, <laughs> back to you. But you got to give him a little bit of props for staying in character when he says back to you. He did rally at the last second there to throw it back and just get it off his lap. Like He's like, I want nothing to do with this. Back to you. <laughs> Braden tweets, Haha, holy bleep. Tom blowing it on the air was the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. Just completely froze for like five seconds. That's the best. In fact, Kellen, why don't you play the short one again? Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. <laughs> Dude, it was punting on second down. It's going up against that 2,000 Ravens defense. The first pass falling incomplete and going, you know what? I don't think we can get a first down here. Let's play the field position game, not turn it over, and get rid of the ball. Holy crap. Back to you. The best part, though, might actually have been when he didn't break character. Yes. Because yes. he chokes on whatever the hell it was that he choked on. And then instead of coming back as Tom sending it back to us here at Sensi's, he did it as Harry Carey. Yeah, he sure did. He stayed in character the whole time. You know, and I think in all my years of radio, I, and I said it before, I've never heard someone actually choke. Like, sure, it's a funny thing. Like, oh, that guy choked on the air. He messed it up. He did this. Tom literally choked. Like, if I didn't know any better, I think I'd be listening to, like, two bait or something because that's where it came from. That was a choke, dude. That was good stuff. Do you feel bad about it? Every time I hear it, I'm part of my soul dies again. So. And the thing that, we'll take you behind the curtain here. Tom's been working on his Harry Carey. It's a very good Harry Carey. Yeah, yeah. He's been working on that joke all week long. Yep. <laughs> all week long, he wanted to do this stupid ducks on the pond thing, yep. and he pooped down his leg when given the opportunity. <laughs> Terrible stuff there You had Tom. your shot, buddy. You had your shot. But see, with this show, like most people, like if you're dealing with other serious shows, like that's never going to happen again on the air. Like that's the last time ever that we would allow Tom to ever try his Harry Carey impression. But the way this show operates, like now I think we need more. We're bringing it back. I mean, this, this can't go away because the potential for hilarity is there. It's really funny anyhow. And then whenever he screws up, it adds a layer. Oh, it's great. In hilarity. fact, I hope he does not nail it in the future. I hope he continues to screw up. And I don't, I'm, I'm looking forward to what other noises come out of him. It's kind of <laughs> like watching Richie Walsh on TV. Just a choke here, choke there, screw up here, screw up there. I joke, I kid, sort of. Richie Walsh and I are having a feud. He works for, what is it, KDKA TV? Yeah. That's one of my favorite digs, by the way. He works for, what is it? What stations he work for? Yeah, that's. What's he do? I, I forget, I've seen him though. Yeah, I don't know. Does he use enough hair product? Anyway, Richie Walsh tweeted out when the Penguins lost to the Red Wings on Tuesday last week. The Penguins might not make the playoffs. 
Two games later, they clinched. Two. <laughs> Usually my predictions take a whole season not to come true. I've predicted the Pirates are going to finish better than they do, that the Penguins are going to do something that they wind up not doing. I'll tell you what the Steelers' record's going to be, and then four months later we find out that I'm wrong. Two days later! Two games! The Penguins clinched! It wasn't like the Penguins came close to clinching. It's not like the Penguins were playing good hockey and could not officially clinch. No. Two days after that tweet in hockey time, he was wrong. So I tweeted it to him. I said, what a plucky group of underdogs these Pittsburgh Penguins are. If they win the championship, what a Cinderella story it'll be. And he quote tweeted me and he said, oh, we'll see you search back a couple of days. That's all the further I had to search back. You want to know why, Richie? Because you were that wrong that quickly. Usually I'm wrong and it takes a while. You were wrong and you were wrong fast. That's a whole other level of being wrong. What it is is it's, it's this I'm smarter than everybody else take. It's this I'm going to go outside the box because I want to point out that I look at sports more in depth than the next guy. And you can never be that guy. If you are that guy, you hang yourself out to be that that douche. You end up being a douche a lot of times when you try to take that road. It's like, oh, don't get ahead of yourself. They could, they could you know, be out of the playoffs, and then how would you feel? But it's a dumb take. Just... Don't try to be different when the obvious is upon you. Just be creative. Yeah, be creative Create about your, your content. Don't try to come up with something that's just obviously ridiculous. Create takes. Don't go for what would appeal only to the lowest common denominator. And that's what he was doing. And he wasn't even good at it. At least poke the bear. At least throw some chum in the water. Uh, he didn't do that. He just dove straight in and it was... A terrible take. And I'm always a fan of bad media. I really am. Yes. Like, I really enjoy bad media, which is because... And it's come to the point where his nightly sports call show is a must-watch for me every night. Wait, what show? It's it's called Nightly Sports Call. Oh. It's on some station oh. out there. Um, but it, it's on, and it's, a, it's basically a TV show. So there's been a bunch of times where actual listeners of ours have called and Crowley-rolled him in the middle of all of this. So he's sitting there doing the show. He's got a dumb take, and callers are calling in. And then all of a sudden you get a, you got Crowley-rolled. You know, and, and I laugh every time. I've heard a bunch of them so far. So this weekend, as this is going on, like this little tweet battle between you guys going back and forth, it's about half an hour before a show actually goes on. And so he opens the show that night. He knows we're there. He knows the Crowley roll has been coming. The Crowley army is present. The snowflakes uh, yeah, are there. Yeah, and so he opens his show with with kind of a a warning to fans that his producer, John, is on the phones, and, you know, they're going to avoid prank calls this week. So, And I'm dying because I know exactly what prank calls he's talking about because the only prank calls come from our listeners. So then he goes through that whole diatribe, like, we're not going to let any prank calls on. By the end of the segment, he starts talking and saying that, oh, well, you know, we have taken steps to where we're not allowing any blocked numbers. I'm not going to take any calls with a blocked number because we're going to avoid prank calls. And, again, I'm dying. But then what happens next? They go to break he and come himself. back. These callers started killing him for bad takes that he had. Like, apparently at one point he had said, there's no way Pitts should get an ACC coach. Well, callers caught up and, like, started calling him out on it. The one guy was like, you swung and missed on that. He's arguing. He's like, you're going to have to pull.
He started getting so flustered, so crazy, that he ended up getting mean with the callers. He ended up hanging up on the callers, and not in a good way. This was a guy who knew the jig was up, that people saw through his crap. It was, it's great TV, but not because it's great TV, because it's awful TV. It's damn entertaining. Here's the difference between me and our show and guys like that. I don't care if I'm wrong. <laughs> We're here to entertain you. If you We're call me up and challenge me on a point, I don't give a rip. We're wrong a lot. We're fans. <laughs> We're going to have fun. It's sports. Football. The ball's shaped weird. <laughs> Baseball. You need a lot of luck. Hockey. They're skating around with swords on their feet. We're not going to have all the answers. We have fun. And we deal with it. 412-922-2874. I cannot be razzled. By the way... After watching that game last night, the Capitals would be ridiculously dumb to not start Grubauer against the Penguins in the playoffs. I'm not saying that he needs to play all the playoff games, but they would be dumb to not play him against the Penguins. It's funny because Grubauer's actually got bad numbers against the Flyers, but he's got great numbers against Pittsburgh, and the Penguins were clearly flustered by him last night. He's a pretty good player. He's better than a backup goaltender. And if you keep doing the same thing year after year, game after game, series after series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, why would you expect things to change? Why would you expect to get better? Why would you think that the outcome's going to be any different? Braden Holpe's a really good player. Braden Holpe's been up for a Vezina. Guy's a stone wall until he plays Pittsburgh. Bobrovsky for Columbus, same thing. He's a great player. He's been he's won a Vezina. He's a stone wall until he plays Pittsburgh. If I were those teams, I'd consider consider doing something different. Especially Washington. Because it's been their entire existence that they've failed when playing Pittsburgh. Their entire existence. And Holpe pees down his leg. You go to Grubauer. You say, let's try the change up here, and we'll see if it flusters Pittsburgh. We'll see if it changes the way that they play their game. And last night with Evgeny Malkin getting kicked out and thrown down the runway, I think it did get in the Penguins' head a little bit. There's something to that. Henrik Lundqvist used to stonewall Pittsburgh until he didn't. And then after that point, the Penguins owned the guy. But the Penguins clearly had a problem when they played New York. The defensive structure gave him a problem, but Henrik Lindquist did too. And when that's the case, it makes it a hell of a lot harder to win a playoff series because you're overthinking anything. Everything. you got to grip it and rip it. And when you've got Grubauer in there, you're not going to be gripping it and ripping it as much as you would if Holpe were in there. What the hell are you two doing? Um, we're producing. You're just looking at each other. Making sweet bedroom eyes. Sorry, we didn't mean to throw you off. I was just enjoying your takes. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. just I'm just confused as to what you're eyeing each other up about. No, we were <laughs> mentally telling each other, "Wow, Crowley's killing it right now." Yeah, we're producing here. Let us produce. You do the show, okay? I feel like this is an attempt to derail me after it I said that not. I can't what be derailed. What are you derailed. talking about? I said earlier in this segment I can't be thrown off my game, and immediately good. after I was. Yeah, what's the sound, Kellen, that happens when when you're thrown off your game? <laughs> You choke. Yeah, can't do that, man. You got to keep going with your take. Sorry, that's our bad. We should sit here still. Sorry. You should Go look ahead. straight ahead. Yeah, do don't say take. anything like you're at Buckingham Palace. Yes, that's what we are. Go ahead. 
We talked to a couple of ladies outside of PNC Park earlier today as we were doing our man-on-the-street interviews, and, well, their win total predictions for the Pirates, I think, uh, leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> What's your name? I'm Kelly. Kelly? Amanda. Amanda? What are your expectations for the team this year? I hope they do well. <laughs> we'll see. Are you guys drinking heavily prior to the game? Obviously. To stay warm. Yeah, to stay warm. <laughs> Snow on the ground. I know. <laughs> opening day. It's a Pittsburgh tradition, uh -huh. I think. It is. Yeah, it is. Good. Rain, shine, snow, whatever. What do you think about Johnson's efforts uh, this weekend? I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Look good. I did okay. Yeah. Are you Cervelli fans? I am. Yeah. I am. She is. I'm typecasting. <laughs> Women like him, I think. Win total this year. What do you think? Uh... I'm hoping for four wins. So four if we have four wins. wins, I'll be happy. Beautiful. We have three already. So. Um, I'm going to say 20. I like 20. It. That's it. That's good. That's good. I don't think either of them knows how many baseball games are in a season. They do not. But I have to say, still better take than Richie Walsh could come up with. <laughs> well, Richie Walsh thought they were going to win 95 games. And I'll be honest, I think it's a lot more likely they win 20 than 95. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my God. Although they're a pitch away, perhaps, from being 4-0 now on the season. Coming up next, Bars fans don't know how to spell either. <laughs> We've also got the five-minute major. And if the Pirates do wind up going 4-0, it should not change your opinion on this club. It's the Crowley Show. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates are 4-0. Not my Pirates. <laughs> They're not. Screw Bob Nutting. I will not wear anything Pirates related all year long. And I will watch them only begrudgingly because it is my job. But I will not. I will not. Get my fandom back for this team. Not going to happen. 30,000 people today at PNC Park. Wow. That is the lowest attendance for an opening day at PNC Park ever. Ever. And this is coming from a franchise that, while at PNC Park, has lost 105 games. The year after they won, or they lost, pardon me, 105 games, 39,000 people showed up at opening day. The ratings of the Crowley Show are going up. People love us. I started the Pirates Mutiny. It's because of me that 9,000 people didn't show up to that game. Now, we did go beforehand to talk to some of you boobs. It was funny. Some man on the street stuff. Pirates fans don't know how to spell. Tom's telling me I messed up. Yeah, we uh, planned this out. It's going to be the five-minute major first. We didn't do that, though. We just talked about it. 
We just talked about it as I was going to the bathroom. So like, show meeting on the air right now. Who screwed up? Which one of you? I think it was Kellen and Tom. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. No, it wasn't, but okay. Is it that difficult, though? <laughs> Is it that difficult whenever I say, oh, we're at PNC Park, to play the PNC Parks out? Yeah, because you teased that we, we went and we found out that Pirates fans uh, can't really spell that well. I know. They can't. So, Kellen, Pirates fans can't spell that well. Do you know how to spell Neveraskis? No. You want to you try? No. Very good. Do you know how to spell Neveraskis? Nope. Do you want to try? Uh, nope. How do you spell Neveraskis? N-E-V-E-R-A-U-S-K-A-S. Do you have any faith in the bullpen? No. Can you spell Neveraskis? N-E-V-E-R-A-U-S-K-A-S. Something like that. How about Tyon? Can you spell Tyon? T-A-I-L-O-N. Got that one. I think you missed an L. Two L's. Two L's like this series for the Pirates? Nothing it. No. Come on now. Can you spell Neveraskis? <laughs> N-E-V-E-R... A... Uh, nope. Uh, Neveraskis, can you spell his name? No. Can you spell Neveraskis? Oh, it's like... R-S-A-K-A-S? Yes! Can you spell Never Ask Us? Because I can't. Never mind. Spell it. I can't even say it, probably. Can you spell Never Ask Us? Who? <laughs> worth it. Way worth it. Just got to get to the audio. That's it. <laughs> Once we're there, we're gold. It probably was my fault. I don't care. Who cares? I don't no, care you know, if it's Kellen's you know, fault. Our fault. We don't take I'll, ourselves... I'll wear that one. That's, a, that's a team fun. problem. It's just all take, it is. We don't take ourselves seriously. No, it's a miscommunication is what happens. happened there. And sometimes whenever you're on site, you're calling for something, they think you're calling for something else. Kellen, you were back in the studio, gun-shy as all get-out, were you not? Yes, absolutely. So I go to him then, right? So that's exactly what happens. There's a delay. There's issues. Kellen's jumpy back in the studio. Tom's over here punching me in the face with his eyes. And then I ask Kellen how he thinks things are going. I ask Kellen if he's a little bit nervous, and he has to then do one more step, which is go on the air. <laughs> yeah, you're just I was ready, raising though. the bar in the middle of a, a situation where we just need to maintain. I'm just really <laughs> messing with his game. His game's messing with my game. Tom's over here looking at the show sheet, staring daggers at it. He's got his hand on my leg. I don't think that has anything to do with but I, what I, we're talking about, though. I, I think at this point, while we're screwing everything out, we might as well highlight another screw-up, Kellen, and here comes a curveball. If you could, play the Tom audio once again. Oh, no. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, we, Kel were, we were Kel thinking probably the long we version. Were, we were hoping for the long version there, Kellen. Thanks, Adam. Let's start in Ohio and Cincinnati. Nationals taking all the Reds. 13-7 to lead for the Nats. <laughs> That's in the bottom ninth. Hopefully they can close it out. Let's move on to the Lone Star State now where Houston's opened up a 4-1 to lead in the top <laughs> of the fourth on the Rangers. They'll try to hold that on. Lance McCullers pitching a jam for the Astros so far. And finally, we'll go to Oakland where the Angels got a couple ducks on the pond against the A's here in the fourth. 
crazy animal those ducks had them they always try to swim and look calm underneath but on the surface they're just back to you <laughs> I lost it there. I lost it there. Was backwards. that backwards? He like they look calm on the screen. Colin Moran, only the third pirate ever to hit a grand slam in a home opener. Ralph Kiner and Roberto Clemente, the other two. I think Colin Moran's probably going to the Hall of Fame. In fact, just to get out ahead of Richie Walsh on this one, Colin Moran. Gonna be a ten-year bucko. They're gonna lead them all time in home runs. How about that one, Richie? How you like that? Me jumping in on it first, and only thirty thousand people got to see it. And here's the conundrum for Pirates fans, right? You don't want to go support the owner, but you love your baseball team. So if you're one of the thirty thousand people that showed up, you're happy that your baseball team won. You're happy that you got to see a grand slam. You're happy that you got to see Jamison tie on deal. But then you're also putting money directly into the pocket of that wheeling bastard. It's a catch-22. It's a difficult quandary, I think, to deal with as a Pirates fan. I've been a Pirates fan my entire life. I used to have season tickets. My dad would drop me off with my buddy Nick with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And we got the tickets for, like, nothing. It was the year the Pirates did lose 105 games. And it was a blast. We didn't care if they won or lost. We'd go there, we'd eat our sandwiches, and we'd watch the game. It was tremendous. I loved the Pirates. But I've now taken the stance that I'm not going to spend any money, any money at all, getting into that ballpark to put money into that guy's pocket. And if you're one of the people who wants to go because you love this club and not him, I get it. But just know there are unintended circumstances, there are unintended consequences that come along with that, that you will be putting money in that guy's pocket. And yes, they're 4-0, and that's tremendous, but the better they do, the better he does. I'm proud of you, though, Pirates fans. I'm proud of the fact that you didn't show up to full capacity today. I'm proud of the fact that there was some jabroni kid walking around today handing out bags that said STFU nutting, or whatever the heck they said on his on the front of them. I like that. It hasn't felt like a home opener's felt in my lifetime. Usually hope springs eternal. People are all fired up. They were 3-0 and coming into this game, and nobody seems to care. It's time. <sighs> oh, no. oh, boy. For the five-minute major. It's time to get fucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the 5 Minute Major with Adam Crowley. Rob Ross is going to be joining us at 5 o'clock today. Uh, it was supposed to be 5.20. He needs to move things around. High maintenance, Rossi. I mean, for the love of God. Penguins lost last night. They did not look good. They did pepper Grubauer, the goaltender of the Washington Capitals, but most of that coming on the power play. Uh, a lot of Penguins fans and Penguins analysts weren't thrilled with the way that they played last night, and that's fine if you want to be in that camp. I understand if it bothered you. You never want to lose to those bastards because you think you're better than them, and Penguins are better than them. But I wouldn't read too much into it. Uh, I wouldn't look at that and say, oh, the Capitals now have the blueprint to beat the Penguins. If you're the Capitals, you have to think that way. If you're the Capitals, you've got to throw Grubauer at the Penguins in the playoffs. 
If you're the Capitals, you have to say we can't take that many penalties, and we're going to be okay because we outplayed them five on five. But I think that the Penguins five on five will get better as the playoffs roll around. Their desperation level will get better as the playoffs roll around. So I don't put all that much stock in yesterday's performance. You see Matt Niskanen getting into it a little bit with Patrick Hornquist. He's growing a beard, which I thought was a nice little touch. The Capitals get eliminated from the playoffs in the second round every single season, so why not get the playoff beard started early? Why not try to grow it before the playoffs begin? It'll look far more respectable when they get eliminated in the second round than it would have had he started on April 14th. Also, Niskanen's just a little bitch. He was always the guy the media went to when the Penguins lost. He was always available, and I respect that. He always had the right thing to say, and he was always clever in doing so. But that guy ain't never won junk. Didn't win anything in Dallas. The Penguins didn't win while he was around. He certainly hasn't won anything in Washington. And he's the mouthpiece of that club. He's the guy that's going to tell the media what the Capitals did right and wrong and how they're going to correct it, that's the guy that is the vocal conscience of a team that has been underachieving for their entire existence? That guy? That's the guy you're going to go to? What the hell's he know about it? It bothered me last year when I'm reading quotes from Niskanen after every single game talking about how the Penguins can fix this or the Sorry, the Capitals can fix this, the Capitals can fix that, how they outplayed the Penguins here, how they outplayed the Penguins there. Hey, Niskanen, why don't you worry about trying to beat Pittsburgh for the first time? Have those conversations within the room. James Neal never won junk, but at least he didn't talk to the media. Uh, that guy was a D-bag. Matt Niskanen, not a D-bag, but he's also not the guy who has the answers. Brooks Orpik at least had the answers at times when he was in Pittsburgh. Now he's gone to Washington, and he's another guy that they look to to talk. Okay, but he didn't know how to beat the Penguins. He doesn't. Don't go to the ex-Penguins and ask them how to beat them. Uh, they don't know. They haven't beat them with Washington. None of them should talk, in fact. Barry Trott's the only one who's honest. What a joke of a franchise they are. That was the five-minute major. Bonus content. Matt Murray was okay last night. And since the concussion has not been really better than okay at all, he played well against Montreal this weekend. Last night, just okay. Uh, he had the fart moments. He's going to be fine. And it's a take I go to often. I'll go to this well time and time again. Matt Murray had a 924 save percentage his first time through the playoffs. He had a 937 save percentage last year. He had a 928 save percentage overall. The guy's got pedigree. The guy's dealt with pressure. He's just coming back from injury. He's going to be okay. Coming up next, opening day sure felt different today. I was down there, not the same buzz. There's a different buzz, not the same. And let's not make any opinions Let's not make any overarching statements about this team after four games. We'll get to that coming up next. Rob Rossi. Oh, shoot. It's supposed to be Rossi. He moved. All those cheeses for nothing. Hell, we'll talk to Rossi about them all. It's a Crowley show.